0: This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by the Live Alcohol Experiment, a 30-day science-based and compassion-led journey where you learn to develop a healthier relationship with alcohol without relying on willpower. Why? Because the truth is that willpower runs out. Instead, you learn how to focus on what you gain, not what you give up, so you can feel good about the decisions you make without shame or guilt. With the 30 days of video training, virtual daily coaching, and a private and supportive community, you get that and so much more. Join us today to get happier, healthier, and to take back your life. Your Live Alcohol Experiment starts on the 1st, so sign up at livealcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I'm here with Laurel. Hi, Laurel.
1: Hi, Annie. How are
0: you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Good. So why don't you get us started at the beginning? Where did it all start for you with alcohol?
1: So I've been listening to your podcast this week, just like get my mind moving and thought like, okay, do I need to practice this? Do I need to talk out loud about what my story is, even though I've done that before? And I was like, no, I just need to go back and talk through it and see how it comes out and be honest about it. And I think that's best for me. And kind of what I was looking for when I um, stopped drinking was just like those honest stories and how it's been different for everyone. So um, like everyone else, I mean, back in high school was when I started drinking um, and everyone was doing it. And I do remember my, like, not specifics, but I remember in high school having my first like blackout, like waking up in the morning, like, what was that? And not even recalling like a wasted debauchery, just like Mm -hmm. having a good time and then waking up in the morning and being like, how did point A go to blackout so quickly? And just not really thinking about it outside of talking to other high schools about it and be like, oh yeah, he blacked out. And then that kind of just was how my drinking went into college and it was very normalized um, that that was how I drank. And everyone was binge drinking in college, right? And just, they had different um, spectrums of it. I remember having friends that knew that their level of drinking, they could drink until they threw up. And then when they threw up, they knew they had to stop drinking. And I remember being envious of that. Like, I wish I would throw up so I would know that I needed to stop drinking instead of blacking out. Because there was no, like, way for me to know. Because the entirety of my drinking career, there was, my blackout seemed so unexpected and coming out of nowhere. Like, and other people didn't realize that I was blacked out either. So it just was, like, very odd for me that, I didn't have, I didn't know when to shut it off. And there was no, it just was so quick that I was having fun. I was talking with people. I was at a bar and then I was waking up in the morning um, and it was just so, so bizarre, but so normal. Like um, I went to college right when Facebook had came out. So Facebook and MySpace were super prevalent. And I remember having in my profile that my nickname was blackout Laurel. Like it was funny, Oh my it was quirky. god. quirky. It was like a thing that I thought was cool. I don't know if that's what I thought, but it wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't shameful that I, that my nickname was blackout Laurel. It was just like, oh, haha, that's so funny. And then as I continued drinking, I kept thinking I could like control it better or that maybe I would grow out of it, that it was like an immaturity thing. Like, oh, you just don't know how to control your drinking. And then I kept thinking that I could teach myself how. So what I connected with so much in your book and just in the way that you talk about things is the moderation. Like I, God, thinking back the amount of energy and time I spent thinking about moderation techniques and practicing them and still always getting to the same conclusion. Mm -hmm. So my blackouts would be less consistent. Um, You know, I, would not black out, you know, I'd black out a few times a year, but I always ended up at some point blacking out again. And I kept, there was probably in like my mid twenties when I started to really hate it, um, where I would just be so mad at myself and so frustrated and spend the morning, like trying so hard. Like, I just need to try a little bit harder and maybe I'll remember something like 10 more minutes or 30 more minutes of time that I can remember because how is it possible? That I was functioning for three hours with no memories. And what was I doing? It's like the anxiety that that caused. Yeah. And just, no one thought it was a problem. So I didn't think it was a problem in that way. It was more of a frustration. Like (sighs) drinking would be so great and everything would be perfectly fine if I just didn't blackout. And for 10 years, probably that was my whole train of thought was just like, it's just that one thing. It's just the blackouts that are frustrating and that are making my drinking not okay. If I could get rid of those, everything would be fine. And after a certain point, like I was just like, okay, I have two choices here. Either I'm eventually gonna get to another blackout and what will happen during that blackout? What has to happen during a blackout for me to quit drinking? Or I'm someone who in order to never black out again, I have to never drink again. And that was the point that I got to. So I, it's been a year and a month that I I haven't drank. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And how's it been going?
1: It's been going really good and also like really tough in so many ways because Mm -hmm. it was so like, it was such an important part of my life in terms of I've always thought that I was like the life of the party and I was like the party starter and the party continuer. And that that's why people liked me. And that's why I was fun. And it's what made me social and what made me plan social gatherings and get people together. And it just was such an important part of all of that, that it's hard to take that out and continue doing all of those things, you know? And there has been... What's been huge for me is accepting that I can miss it mm-hmm. without yeah. having that be like a bad thing. Like, oh, just because I miss it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean that right. I'm addicted to it or that it's bad. It's like, yeah, it is kind of sad to miss it. It is a little sad that everyone's having champagne tonight and I'm not. Like, yes, I'm having a sparkling water and I'm really happy because of X, Y, and Z. But still, there can be a part of me that's like, hmm, yeah, that kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a hard thing for, um, a lot of people. Cause they're, it, it, you know, the best analogy that I've ever heard for that is kind of like, a an ex relationship that was really not good for you. Right. And so it's like, you still miss them. Of course you do. You still want the, because that was important to you at one point because you had good times because, you know, you thought that it was like, what was making our life better, but equally, like once you see like our, our temptation is just to hate it, like hate the, hate the person, hate, hate the stuff, hate the whole part of our life, make that entire part of our life wrong. And that's not really healthy either because with really being able to get to a place of integration of like, okay, that all happened. And yeah, there was good times too. I can still mourn for it, but I still can be so grateful that I am where I am.
1: Absolutely. And that's totally how I feel. And what I said, like at my one year mark, I thought I would feel so celebratory. And I felt really sad because in your book, another thing that I really at the beginning decided was that I was going to give it a year because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I had like one blackout where I was like, okay, I never want to do that again. Literally never. So I have to stop drinking. And then I kept thinking like, okay, is it really forever? What do I need to do? Like having those moments of, do I sign up for AA? Do I tell my friends something? Like, what do I have to do now? And then I started binging these podcasts, which is why this is such like a full circle moment. Awesome. And then like reading your book and I was like, okay, give me it a year. And that felt so freeing, like taking so much pressure off my shoulders to be able to tell people that and not have to be like, is this an event I should drink at? or can i have one or when do i start so that was huge but then at the one year mark i was like okay i'm really never ever drinking again i can't i've had such a productive year i've been so level headed and done so much in so many areas of my life there's no way i can't make that connection to not drinking
0: mm-hmm.
1: being the reason for all of the things happening that have happened so i it was like a sad but happy realization of like, okay, this is my new normal. This is how I have to go moving forward. I'm not just like giving it a year and seeing how I do. I should never drink again. And I still say that I don't like to those absolutes of like, I will never ever drink again and set myself up for failure. If I like go to sip someone's beer, have people be like, (gasps) you know, like I don't want to have it be written all over, but I knew at that one year mark, like there's no way It's, it's not for me. It doesn't do enough good to outweigh what I'm doing without it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And how, how did your friends take it?
1: Um, so like my best friends, I think there was a lot of like, they didn't know what to say. So it was very like, um, just kindness, like general, like, Oh, I'm really proud of you. How's it going? But nothing like, celebratory of like that's so awesome and I think another reason why it was so hard for me to quit drinking and see it as like a problem was because no one else seemed to think it was a problem you know like all of my friends seemingly who knows I think it'll probably be some more time before like that's really dug into but seemingly wanted me around to be the party starter like would be like okay you know and I feel like I brought people together in that way so I felt I'm infamous for like making up scenarios in my head without anyone actually ever telling me that they're true but in my head I was like okay everyone's sad everyone's disappointed like no one's going out and realizing that all these like family and friends events that I used to partake in where in my head everyone got wasted like no one's getting wasted I'm like wait (laughs) wait So either a, I was the only wasted person and I didn't realize that no one else was wasted or B I was the only people, the only reason people were getting wasted is because I was getting wasted. So they did. Yeah. So it was so bizarre because I would have, it would give me anxiety. Like, are people not drinking as much as I, as they want to, because I'm here or was it really that I was always just forcing shots down people's throat because I thought that's what made our evenings fun.
0: Yeah, totally. And I, I found so much of the same stuff, like with, um, colleagues and people who were, they, they even said to me on occasion, like, well, I was just drinking to keep up with you. And I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like that's so interesting because some of my drinking I at least use the excuse that I was drinking to keep up with them. That yeah. probably wasn't entirely true because I do feel like <laughs> I was usually the ringleader, but that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. And that, like I said, I still don't fully know. I'm sure like, in a, if someone who's newly sober in a year, you're no one's going to be like, Hey, who's taking shots except for Laurel. You know, like they're not, my friends are kind enough to not do that, but there's definitely like, I'm a, I can't think of a time where I've seen anyone take shots in the last year. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Really? I thought you guys all wanted to do that. I was like dreading it. I was saying no, but so it's interesting. I haven't, I have two young kids, they're three and four. And so my drinking slowed down a lot once I had kids. And I remember I had a terrible blackout before um, I had kids, but right after I got married, so we were like ready to start trying to have kids. And I remember being like, I cannot wait to get pregnant. So I don't have to drink Mm. for nine months. Yeah. And being like, that's weird. (laughs) Right. But then when I had kids, it was, you know, so few and far between that I'm like having a hard night out. So another reason it was hard for me to quit drinking or to accept it as a problem and something I was like, didn't really find anyone with the same story was that it wasn't that often like mm-hmm. in the last four years since I've had kids I mean I've probably accidentally blacked out three times a year and like my best friend was like okay you know like who cares you're gonna accidentally black out twice a year for the rest of your life like who cares and I'm like me I, I never it's a big deal to me I hate it so much mm-hmm. I I don't want to do it And so I think it was like, okay, I'm in full control. i am never like a lone drinker. I'm not drinking alone. I'm not sneaking alcohol. I'm not drinking at work. None of it's a secret. My problem was once in a while, I would accidentally black out. Mm
0: -hmm. And it was
1: just so hard to accept that that was big enough problem to quit drinking. And now a year later, I'm like, you can quit drinking for any reason. If it's causing you any turmoil, any stress, any problems in your life, you can quit drinking and you should.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even if it like, I mean, aside from all the negative, like, even if you just feel like you might be a bit happier without it, right? Like there's for sure something sort of towards the positive. I want to circle back to what you were saying about like the year mark. And I, I feel like that's, you know, both the morning and just people finding it to be really anticlimactic in a way, like imagine there's going to be like this thing that happens at a year and like suddenly you're going to change who you are. It's kind of like a birthday. And then I don't know about your parents, but my parents would be like, do you feel older? Do you feel different? And of course the answer (laughs) was always no. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so similar because Yeah. Like we just build it up in our heads in some way.
1: Yeah. And I think there was some disappointment that no one cared. Even I had a couple Mm -hmm. of friends who so kindly reached out to me and were like, so proud of you. And that is so nice. But like my husband being like, um, hello, (laughs) he's kind of like, yeah, like I'm really proud of you. But I just felt like it's such a big thing, but I don't think you can fully embrace it or understand it unless you've been through it unless you know, like how much energy you have put into something every day. And that's what I say too. Like, it's so crazy that normally you can make a decision that betters your life, you know, like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm going to quit eating sweets or I'm going to work out more. And it's like, everyone's like, great. And that's your decision. But like with quitting alcohol you have to make that decision every day sometimes or every yeah. outing. You have to take the time and the energy to remind yourself why you're doing it. And it's exhausting. It's a it's a lot of work and it's a big commitment to do that every time. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I went to every party or every wedding or every bachelorette party and was like, ah, this feels awesome. Every moment of this is great. I had to remind myself what the alternative was that eventually at some point, Maybe it was in six months, I was going to black out and have terrible anxiety and hate myself and wish that I hadn't done it and come back to this point six months ago and be like, why did I have those glasses of champagne at that bachelor party? Mm -hmm. And I had to have that conversation with myself a hundred times over the last year. And that's like the commitment that people don't understand that you're like, oh, I quit drinking. Awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. It's like, I quit drinking every day. Every day I have to say that I quit drinking to myself.
0: Yeah. How is your family um, handling it all?
1: Um, Good. My, I think it's interesting to see how like you change, how other people kind of start to think about it. Like my mom will talk about it a lot about how like, you know, she's proud of me and she wishes she could quit drinking. And I think it's so funny how people say that, you know, like how many people are like, I wish I could do that. And I still don't have the right response because I don't want to be the person that's like preaching it to people.
0: Mm-hmm. But also
1: your immediate thought is like, okay, <laughs> you can, like, how can I help you? What do you, what do you need to be able to quit drinking? Cause mm-hmm. you can, you can do it. Yeah. Um, my husband, this was a really hard aspect of drinking for me is that my husband is such a responsible drinker. I think maybe he got wasted on his 21st birthday, but like outside of that, he's a very responsible drinker and we've been together since we were 19. So he's like wow. seen my whole drinking career and like saw the, the funny quirkiness of blacking out where off when we were 20 and was like, okay. And then by the time we were 25, was like, stop. And then by the time we got married, was like, this has to end or we will never. And then when we had kids, was like, okay, like, what's happening here? So that was a difficult spot. Is I think with blacking out, you you would black out sometimes, right? Or is that
0: yeah, blackout and like brown out. So like I remember, usually I would just everything would be really, really, really foggy, and there would be moments throughout the night where. I was just like, what happened? You know, and I, I wasn't really, it was It was kind of scary because I wasn't really, I couldn't tell if it was like, it, it wasn't so abrupt. It wasn't as if I would just wake up and I'm like, okay, that for sure was a blackout, but I would wake up and I was like, I could only remember little tiny things. So I wasn't really sure if I was missing a lot of time or a little
1: time. Oh, I gotcha. And I think there's people like my husband who have never blacked out or like my mom. And they're like appalled by the idea of blacking out, which I understand if it's never happened to you. But to me, it was just so frustrating because he would act like it was my perception was that he would act like it was mm. purposeful. Like, dude, don't black out. Why do you have to drink that much? And for me, like sometimes I, I swear I would have four drinks and wake up in the morning and be like, what? And it wouldn't even be like a wild night. It was Mm -hmm. just like, hey, we're hanging out. I'm at my house with like my sister-in-law. And I wake up in the morning like, what? How is that even possible? So bad things wouldn't even happen. It's not even like I was blacking out and having like embarrassing things happen. It just got to the point where I would black out so easily and it was just maddening. And then people being like, just don't drink so much. I'm like, that's not, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've tried that. So that was- hard because not having that empathy when and not understanding like how much it hurt me to black out like how I don't think anyone understands like the hatred I had towards myself or like the shame of like this is disgusting stop like get a hold of yourself and I it it was so frustrating and so the fact that someone is mad at me when I'm also mad at myself is like there's nothing worse than that. (laughs) Okay. You don't hate me more than I hate myself. So can you (laughs) not, but I know that he is so proud of me. And I know the reason this time that it like, I've never really fully tried to stop drinking, but every time I've taken a break quote is because something bad happened and I felt guilty. And usually because of him, like he was mad and I'm like, okay, listen, I'll quit drinking for a while. Everything's cool. And this time it was totally like for me where I was like, I, I'm so sick of this. I'm mm-hmm. old. And I don't want, I'm embarrassed and I hate it. So if I never want to blackout out again for myself and for my kids and for my future, then I can never drink again. And I'd never had that feeling for myself before. It was always like literally always just thinking, okay, if I could just eliminate that blacking out, that's all, that's the only problem because I just need to eliminate that and everything will be fine and I can still have fun and everything can be the same. And for some reason, if a switch finally like flipped that it's not, that's impossible. You have to quit drinking to never black out again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's so, it's so interesting because we can do things for other people sort of over the short term too. Like, but it feels like there's a lot of resentment in that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we, it's funny. I think about this a lot. Um, we have like a good friend of ours that, cause we've been together our whole lives that is like a blackout drinker too. And I remember for so long being like, ah, the problem is my husband that he doesn't Mm -hmm. like that. I black out like everyone else doesn't care. Like, why can't he be like this person who blacks out? And then we would, he would understand he would know that it wasn't purposeful Mm
0: -hmm. and we would
1: be fine and we wouldn't fight about it. And now it's like, thank God I didn't marry the other blackout person because where would we be like, thank God that he's stuck with me through this and believed that like, it wasn't a personality trait and that, you know, who I am when I'm sober is who I am. And knowing that like that person is who he wants around.
0: Yeah. 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 That's awesome.
1: And how old are your kids? Did you say three and four?
0: Okay, so they'll never know you as a drinker. I have one. Well, they, I
1: mean, they definitely knew like wine, and now they know that I don't drink wine. And it's so funny because they were two and three, you know, and they would Uh talk about wine, and now they talk about exercise, like when they make stories for their moms, like mom exercises. And I'm like, so amazing, like, and so much more what I want my kids to see me as.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. I only have one who like my, I mean, they were all, well, no, my daughter, she's going to be five and she never, like, I never drank when she was alive, but like um, my sons, they'll remember it. And it's, it's kind of cool to be like, yeah, she'll, she'll never remember that, but that's really neat.
1: I had a friend who messaged me when I shared that I wasn't drinking and she was like, I just want you to know Cause I shared something about how, you know, you don't have to have a problem. You don't have to admit you have a problem or you don't have to do anything to quit drinking outside of just quitting drinking because you want to better yourself or better some aspect of your life. That's all you need. And she messaged me and was like, I just want you to know that um, my dad was like a wino growing up mm-hmm. and my memories are like stopping at the wine store to you know, when he picked me up from school before I got home, I remember that it was just part of all of our journeys. And those are details that I remember. I will always remember my dad, like drinking heavily and always wanting to get wine and that always being something that I felt like was more important than us. And you're giving your children such a gift that you're not only always going to be present for them, but like, Uh they're not going to have, they would remember that as much as Uh every parent who drinks thinks that they don't. I remember that so vividly that my dad drank heavily and I was like, oh, and that was so soon into my quitting. Like there were so many conversations with people like that, that I was just like, okay, like just so much ammo to why it was the Mm -hmm. right decision.
0: Yeah. That's just awesome. That's very cool. Well, um, is there anything else you want to share about your story or your journey?
1: Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's important to talk about because, like I said, I was binging your podcast when I quit drinking and it just felt so freeing to hear, quote, normal people's stories of just being like, okay, I quit drinking because of this and I quit drinking because of this and not Mm -hmm. the normal, like, okay, I had a drinking problem and I had this terrible rock bottom and I joined AA because really that was what I thought the only avenue was. I thought the only route was a terrible rock bottom. And then you had to be punished for that rock Mm -hmm. bottom. And I'm so, so happy that I was able to twist that around and see it as a positive, like that. I get to quit drinking. I get to have this new opportunity to live life so differently than I was living it. Yeah. And it's amazing and hard. And I think that's something we struggle with too, that people are like, Oh, if it's hard, it can't be amazing or mm-hmm. it's not worth the effort. And it's like, it might be be what prevents you from starting because that's how it was for me like it seems impossible I could Mm -hmm. think of a million events I had that there's no way I could not socially drink at those and they're all fine (laughs) like it's you can do it and I also think that like it doesn't you don't have to see it as a problem either you know like I just thought for sure that's A bunch of people would be telling me that was a problem or that I would Mm -hmm. so clearly know that -hmm. it was a problem before I would be in a position where I needed to quit. Yeah. And I just wish everyone knew that if you're unhappy in some area of your life, maybe quitting drinking would help, even if that's not an issue on your radar. Like, I have such a hard time now when one of my friends is like, oh, I'm just feeling really depressed this week. I'm feeling really anxious. And I'm like, oh, weren't you at a bachelorette party this weekend? Like, I wonder if there's any connection to like the binge drinking you did all weekend because I still am anxious, but I'm actually anxious about like things where before my anxiety was just there. Like, I can't tell you how many Mondays I was like, I got to quit my job today. Mm-hmm. Having nothing to do with my job, but just because I had such massive anxiety from the weekends, yeah, and I wasn't getting wasted. I was just like having social wine with friends, and then thinking that I was just massively anxious all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. My anxiety got so much better once I stopped drinking, which was just awesome. And gosh, thank goodness! So just so so much better.
1: I know if only, you know, that's why you, that's why you do this. And why I listen to them is it just makes you like reinforces it and sheds light on how amazing it can be. And someday everyone's gonna be like, Oh yeah, I I quit drinking because I want to (laughs) do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like the whole thing will change.
1: Well, it's so,
0: so great. Laura let me ask you the question that I ask at the end here, which is um, if you were going to, you know, go back in time to Laurel, who was waking up and just having these gaps of time, not remembering things and just feeling like the crippling shame and the anxiety that came from that. And you're going to tell her kind of what life is like on the other side. What would you tell her?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, that is bright and it's light. Like, I can't tell you how like light I feel. And I didn't realize like how heavy I felt especially being like a mom and there's so many new elements of stress and anxiety anyways, that it seems like you're just in this vortex, this black hole where you're spinning and you can't breathe. And mm. I'm still in that vortex and motherhood ways in many ways with like crazy toddlers, but I feel capable of like managing it all. Like my brain is so much clearer and it just feels light. And in a way that I can't, if I hadn't not been drinking for a year, I would just be like, wow, this is amazing. I really grown up or really evolved. And I have to continuously remind myself too, that there's, it's not a coincidence that I started, like I started a business and it's really growing. And I have two kids and I'm do I have a full-time job as well and I am doing a million things and my overwhelm is just because I'm doing a million things but I don't feel like incapable I feel capable of everything that I'm doing and more and I can't remember ever feeling that way in my life previously and like I said I could sit here and be like oh it's because I've matured or x y and z but I know for certain. It's because my brain is clear and there isn't this weight and this shame and this wasted energy on alcohol. My energy goes to everything that I want it to go to.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that's just so awesome. And I would
1: say, give it a year, give it a year, because that's what really, really worked for me. And what also helped me was in my head when I was like, I don't know if I can give it a year. Then I was like, well, then that means it's a problem.
0: Mm, if you can't
1: not drink for a year then maybe it's more of a problem than you're willing to say so that would be my advice to like just give it a year tell yourself that you're not going to drink for a year because you're struggling with depression or anxiety or finding motivation or finding your passions or taking care of your kids okay eliminate one thing and see how that goes for you and have it be alcohol give it a year and see what happens
0: yeah I love that especially because yeah it's like a good litmus test right like
1: I love being told I can't do something too so it was also like a test (laughs) for me like oh I can't I can't now drink for a year (laughs) watch me right well
0: it's a
1: good yeah motivator too and
0: yeah well that's great just awesome. Well, thank you so much, Laurel, for coming on and sharing your story. And I I know lots of people will relate and be helped. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I hope so too. I hope there's someone out there just like me who was like, I just want to hear from someone who blacks out. Not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's still really responsible, still has a full-time job and is doing a bunch of things, but really has a problem with alcohol in some way. And Hey, I'm your girl. Reach out to me. I'd love to I'd love to connect.
0: <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, there's so there's so many. I mean, awesome. So good.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, I'm so excited because we are literally just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you don't know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to livealcoholexperiment.com. Here's the thing: this is a 30-day challenge and it's designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You'll know it's that version that's living the most joyful life, that version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or have a good time, and that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's just a 30 day challenge. It's live every single day. It's starting on the first. So hurry up, join me at livealcoholexperiment.com. And as always rate review and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.